The Secret World Chronicle, a podcast novel series written by Mercedes Lundy, Dennis Lee, and Cody Martin. Presented that Jeannie had bent his rules. Mind, she still didn't know why he had a pine cone up his butt about magic, but, well, he did, and he's made a compromise. As a consequence, she sent him her feelers with extreme care, more so than she did with Murdoch and the CCCP. There was wrongness ahead of them, in the tunnel that both her map and her scrying said to take. If there was a pattern to the tunnels and traps, it was this. So far, there had never been anything that was line of sight for more than 40 feet, and so far, all the traps had included corners or bends. Team, disclosure here. I have a piece of what we are looking for, and I'm using that as a kind of compass. It's a scrap of paper with some of Goldman's original calculations on it. The compass says, take the next left, but the magic sensors say there is something bad waiting for you there. You guys ought to stop at the turning and see if you can get anything. We're already getting something, Bella replied. Smells like dead things. Oh, God, Harmony shrieked. Looks like dead things. Somebody point your cam in there, please. There was some shuffling, and she lit up the darkened tunnel with magic. Carefully. Gradually. So the horror was revealed slowly. The cameras flared to light, and she scanned her screens to get a clear view. She noticed Scope's view was the steadiest. Acrobats shook uncontrollably, and Harmony's wasn't even pointed in the right direction. It looked like she was actually going to. She did. Vicky managed to switch views in the tunnel before she lost her own lunch. Strange how a mass of bodies didn't affect her nearly as bad as somebody hurling. That's an impressive sight. What you got, Overwatch? Bulwark asked. Incomplete. She let out more magical feelers. The walls were brick, stone, and earth. The things in them were not. She picked up a planchette with a pencil stuck in it and let her hand trace what she sensed. Slowly, her drawing formed on one of the monitors. I'm doing something. They call it scanning. The designs look like the wall's house. What the hell were those things? They look like... hoses? House what? Acrobat shouted. Easy, son. Bulwark said. We're not going to move until we get confirmation. Jeannie? Anything? Red knelt down to examine the corpses. There doesn't seem to be any visible flesh wounds, Paul. No apparent damage. It's like they just fell and died. It's something complicated. Vicky was talking more to keep them in the loop than anything. What I'm doing is kind of like a scanning electron microscope. I'm getting the picture bit by. Harmony stood up just in time for her camera to point back down the way they had come. 
just in time for a hint of movement, but not enough time for Vicky to warn them before a wall dropped down behind them, sealing them in. Damn it. She took a chance and glued Acrobat's feet to the floor before he could jump and trigger something else. Then frantically, she scribbled more design. More design. Water pipes? No, the thieves to the side, she recognized the housing. Guns! Vicky yelled, her hands clenching in panic. Then she lurched for the keyboard and sent her warm flat coat and her cat flying. Could she crunch the guns in the walls? Jam the thieves? They jumped as the darkness broke. Panels of lights lining the hall blared to life, each punctuated by the staccato of adjoining turrets that sprang from the walls. A low humming rose as they powered up. Vicky went for the guns, willing the earth around them to close in on them, jam the mechanisms, crush them. Sweat poured down the back of her neck. Her arms burned, the muscles screaming with exertion, as if she was doing this with her own two hands. Which she was. It wasn't enough. The guns were too heavy, too tough. She wasn't making a dent in them without bringing the walls down, too, and the humming continued to rise to a deafening pitch. They continued to ramp up. The barrels were spinning. They were going to fire. Get in close and get in behind me, Bulwark said calmly. Harmony, boost me. They leaped to him as Harmony reached out with both hands. His field flared into existence, barely shielding them all as he braced himself for the bullet storm. And nothing happened. The barrels stopped spinning. The humming subsided. What? They relaxed, confused. Weapons malfunction? Well, then what killed those people? Did you do that overwatch? No idea what. They don't even look like they've been shot. Shut up! Red barked. Everyone froze, and in the sudden silence, they heard the buzzing. Bull! Red shouted. Shield down! Are you insane? Just do it! Red detached himself from the group and sprouted his claws. Bella watched in shock as points of flesh tore through the tips of Red's gloves. Bulwark nodded to Harmony, who removed her hands from his shoulders, freeing him to relax his power. As the shield fell away, Red lunged forward and dove into the floor, which was paneled with embossed metal. Grunting, he ripped open the paneling and tore into a mesh of wires and circuit boards. The grid screeched blue fire and hissed in protest as the tunnel was plunged back into darkness. Can I help? Vicky asked urgently, for Jeannie's ears only. You hear that buzzing anymore? He asked. No. Then I'm done. Lights up, she said on the common channel, and again, slowly caused the rock of the ceiling to glow. Red turned to the others and stifled an involuntary laugh. The trainees were huddled around Bulwark, locked in transparent confusion and wide-eyed fright. Bella's eyes were squeezed tightly shut. And Bulwark, well, he was Bulwark. Nothing ever seemed to face him. What did I miss? Vicky asked, humbly. Another diversionary trap, Red answered. When the guns didn't go, I felt the humming ramping up on the floor, like pins and needles on my soul. They were coming from... He pointed to the mess of wires and broken circuitry on the floor. Here. 
What were they for? Here, Scope answered. She beckoned them to the walls. Holes in the walls? They weren't there before. Must have opened up when the guns came out. Jeannie's right. Those guns were a diversion. Bella knelt close to examine them. You've got good eyes, Scope. I can barely see them. That's what I do, Scope replied. Up there, too, you can see little stopcock valves in the ceiling now. Really little ones, like miniature fire sprinklers. And here, Red called out, his head submerged in the now exposed floor panel. And that pond was running the length of the floor down here. Electrical trap. He rose, shut his claws, and ran an exposed finger along the holes in the wall. Sarin gas. And on the ceiling. Acid. Uh, concentrated sulfuric. Those are the most stable over time, Bella said flatly. The shield should have been enough to handle the acid, Bulwark said. Maybe the gas, but the electrical would have cut us down. Magic wouldn't have worked fast enough to see all that, Vicky admitted. Not before it triggered. She sighed, then muttered. I need something more. She muted the mic so they couldn't hear her, pounded her fist into the table, and swore at herself. It wasn't enough, damn it. Not even her best was enough. But it was all she had, and they were on the clock. Punish yourself later, help now. Come on, Jeannie said, beckoning them on. I think I see our objective. He led them forward, his step a bit more confident. He stopped at a widened portion of the hall and ran his fingers over one section. He grimaced as his hand passed over a section. Rearing back, he grew out claws again and plunged his hand into the wall. There was a crunch, followed by a brief pop and some smoke. He withdrew the five circuitry and slid a panel aside. A secret door and, beyond, darkness. Remind me to call you next time I'm locked out of my car said Bella. I'm not sure your insurance would pay for the collateral damage, Vicky murmured. I usually go for finesse, Jeannie said. Right now, I'm just not in the mood. Give us some light here, Overwatch. Vicky obliged and lit up the hidden room. It looked a little like a storage room at the Smithsonian. Lots of crates. Lots of shiny things on shelves. Lots of really big shiny things, too. Big for shelves or crates. She recognized a lot of artifacts, or at least the styles, but there was a lot of art and some techie stuff, too. Spin out, Bulwark ordered. We're looking for documents, but keep your eyes open for dark metals or sample casings. They worked the room over, bringing back anything that looked promising. Bulwark grunted as he broke envelope seals and ran a pocket scanner over the documents. Reading e-copies and resending, Vicky reported. Copy that, Bulwark said. We got anything yet? Those docs in your hands now all resonate with my samples, so you're on the right track. It'll take a better math head than me to know which is the right stuff. Scope, Bulwark said, raising his voice. Overwatch reports a hit from your sector of the vault. Bring me everything you've got. Yes, sir, Scope shouted back as the others joined her. 
Meanwhile, Vicky was ever so carefully increasing her field. She wasn't sure what she was looking for, only that she was getting a hint that there was something else down here. Something off the map. And big. While they sorted through their finds, she got something. Um, sir? I've been feeling some scouting of a sort. This isn't the only vault. There's something nasty down there. 493.4 meters south. Define nasty overwatch. I'm pinging an extremely large storage area with a lot of tech in it. A lot of the same metal as in the armor. So perhaps there's samples in another area of the catacombs. Bulwark said. How much of it? Ballpark? Sure. About what hit Atlanta? Bella whistled. That's no sample. We hadn't in Brosnan? Bulwark nodded, slipping his scanner back into his belt. We're done in this room. Might as well check it out. Are you insane? Fred objected. Didn't you hear what she said? There's enough of that crap in there to build a small army. And? Have you considered the possibility it is a small army? We got the primary objective. We should look. We had three directives. To see if infiltrating the catacombs was possible. To obtain Goldman's research notes. And, if possible, to obtain whatever sample size possible of material in question. We are in striking distance of all three. We should move on. Within the realms of reconnaissance bowl, there's no telling what's in there. Then we investigate. Really, Jeannie, this labyrinth was sealed in the 60s. Do you really expect there to be the fully armed troops and weaponry we faced during the invasion? Red looked like he was ready with an angry retort, but instead turned his back on Bulwark and marched away. What's up his grill? Scope asked. Bulwark watched Jeannie storm off, his face pensive. The trainees relaxed. They knew that look. Bull was sizing the situation up and would have an answer soon. They waited patiently. Bella looked from one to the other, wondering what the hell was going on. But Vicky already had an idea, and she was right. We're walking into the unknown, Bull said finally. This is as far as the genie's gone. Backing up all intel and locations now, team leader, Vicky said very formally. Sending backups to Echo Database now. What she hadn't said was obvious to anyone that knew her. If the team was lost, the data was still safe. As they continued, Vicky switched to Bulwark's private channel. Sir, I'm not sure this is a good idea from the perspective of me, outside, safe, relatively. Understood, Overwatch. You realize this puts us in a very bad situation. We'll have to look to you more than ever. Yes, sir. She cut back over to Jeannie's private frequency. Jeannie, there's probably a pattern here. I think you may be better at spotting it than me. I've never gone treasure hunting, and I don't know jack about modern traps other than trying to scan for crap in the walls and... 
We saw how well that worked. Ideas? Hints? Biovolve? I have no freaking clue. Red muttered. You're asking me to think like a man who, despite his high profile, managed to escape capture after the war and still managed to build a monstrosity like this in the heart of America without being discovered. Well, he had to have assumed there were going to be medics on both sides of the law coming down here. And normals. Red stopped. Right. So he would have realized he had any number of possible abilities to overcome. Time to think this through. He turned to the others. Okay. So, if you needed to keep your goodies safe in a maze from anyone in a world filled with meadows, what would you need to... What would you need to overcome? Towns, Bella piped up. Meadows who can find the path. Right, Jeannie nodded. So, assuming there are those who can circumvent the maze like we have with Overwatch, you would need to find the line to the most direct route with hazards that, in combination, would take down anyone. I'm running a quick search on abilities that we know Metis had by the time Goldman died. Vicky's hand flew over her keyboard, calling up multiple screens that flashed streaming hits before her. Invulnerability. Well, call it really hard to kill. That's top on the list. Followed by flyers. So your traps would have to not count on people stepping on things to trigger them. TK, TP, same thing. What about those powerful enough to simply kick in the door and storm their way to the target? Bullock asked. Surely Goldman would have prepped for that. Otto distracted. Vicky's answer was prompt and confident. Uberman the first could probably have gotten away with that, so it looks like Goldman took that into account. One of the reasons it's so hard to read this place. Every time you turn around, my magic is going, don't touch that. You know, Goldman must have been willing to let people get to his goodies if they were able to meet his challenges. There's a cold, psychotic logic to this. From the scraps of blueprints, we have a brief feel of the ley lines of this place. It all points to what appears to be a massive power source deeper in the complex. Best guess? The whole place is set to blow if anything comes in not willing to play by the rules of the labyrinth. Can you estimate the power level? Bulwark said. On the scale of Hiroshima. You're joking. Do you hear a rimshot? This guy was playing for keeps and quite prepared to take out the neighborhood for sight. Red looked them over. Even their breathing had grown cautious. They were afraid to move, perhaps even to think. They were so close now to their objective. Five hundred yards. Still, a lot could happen in five hundred yards. Okay, he said, urging them to keep thinking. Goldman's tried to crush us, then gas, melt, and electrocute us. What's left? Vacuum? Vicky suggested. Flood? Words of R-O-U-S's? Red shook his head. It didn't sound right. No, it seems he's already covered his base with the brute squads. You are the brute squad, Bella muttered. No one laughed. Beam us into space? Could he have had that tech? Vicky answered her own question. 
now, or he has built this out there. Jeannie, do you think we should just feel our way along? I'm concerned there might also be timers on some of this shape. Timers would set the parameters of a keep moving rule. Red Shadow will put forward. You're cobble, he said finally. Slowly, Bulwark said. Everyone around me, tight as you can. I can only extend protection so far without running into the walls. Harmony, I need you to ramp up scope. We're going to need our eyes. Oversight, can you keep the light source ahead of us at least 100 feet? Can do, Vicky replied. The light crept slowly forward, a few inches at a time, and they began to advance. So, what other powers did Goldman know about? Motion sensors to get flyers and two players? How would they stop a CP there other than limit line of sight? Well, the labyrinth itself would have taken care of that, Jeannie said. Nothing's line of sight here for more than 40 feet. Scope had finally started sweating. Her eyes were everywhere. Her gaze flickered from side to side, floor to ceiling, and back so fast that telemetry could barely keep track of it. Okay, well, what about flyers and GKers? You know, the floaty kind. If the first ceiling didn't cave them in, they would have been strangled, oozed, and fried by the second. No, we're definitely missing something. Of them all, Bull was a rock. And he wasn't fussing her reeds. Jean was surprisingly cool. Of course, given how much he could control his body, no telling what was going on in his head. Harmony was tighter than a banjo string at this point. Vicky suspected that only the constant physical contact with Bull kept her focused. What could a sonic power do to get through that you guys can't? Something a sonic might trigger. Um, someone with sonar, so they wouldn't need light at all? We're miles beneath the surface, Jeannie said. Anything physical or mechanical in nature is going to get picked up in here. There's almost no background to compensate for it, Overwatch. Be it sound, light, he could have filtered out earth tremors. What's left? Boy bands? Drive you crazy with perfect hair? Vicky was grasping straws. Uh, a pheromone weapon to make you strip naked and have an orgy? What was left? Of course. The one thing that the Boolians are missing is that they don't seem to recognize that magic works, Vicky said, thinking aloud herself. But wait, that wasn't true of the early prenate. She late. Ahead of them, Vicky's light source came to a sudden stop and flashed as it completed the mystic circuit. Too late, she saw the Nordic sigils flare as they were fed with her power, and something else. A collapsed hole of energy, contained and tethered to a small point in space by a thin ley line. As her magic probe brushed the point of contact, the tether sparked and collapsed, igniting the arcane trap. A massive cell of raw energy erupted, was grounded, and channeled itself into the nearest mystical matrix. Vicky's light spell. It was a lot like having the sun go off in your face. Blinding light, followed by pain so intense it wasn't even pain anymore, but a primal force. 
Bella had been looking back the other way in case there was something sneaking up on them. She caught the flash as reflection down the tunnel and instinctively closed and covered her eyes. Stop! she shrieked. Nobody move! She opened her eyes again. It was dark. Cave dark. Scope was sobbing. Who's hurt? she snapped, turning and groping for them. My eyes! They're burning! I can't see! Scope cried, sounding as if everything she owned in the world had been taken from her. Which, of course, since her power was in her eyes. Honey, none of us can see. Bella found Scope's elbow, followed the arm up the woman's face, and clapped a hand over Scope's eyes, ruthlessly opening herself up to everything. This psychic healing thing. You had to let go of everything you knew and let what felt like pure instinct tell you what was going on. At least, you did when it wasn't something obvious like an agaping wound, which was hard for a control freak like Bella. Getting easier, though, with the angel's help. You'll be okay. Not right now, but the optic nerve's intact. She let the cells tell her what was going on. Retinal damage. It'll heal. Corneas are fine. Lens, too. Lens is where your power is. Scope, you'll have it all back in a couple days. Faster if me or Sylvie or another healer can concentrate on you. She gave Scope a quick burst just so she could start seeing something, at least once they had light again, to let her know that Bella wasn't blowing smoke to make her feel better. She felt for a flashlight and turned it on. The others were blinking and rubbing their eyes, but they seemed to be recovering. I knew it, Red spat, turning on his own flashlight. I knew it. Magic, of course. It's always magic. He paused to run the light over the length of the hall. Overwatch? When it's dark here. Anything stirring around us? He was met with silence. Victrix, report. More silence and a very faint hiss in their earpieces. Terrific. Well, shite, Bella said sourly. Keep going, Nathaniel. We've got the notes. Is it worth going on without Overwatch on the basis of what we think might be out there? She rested one hand on Scope's shoulder and gave the woman another dose of healing. It was working, actually. She felt it making the undamaged cells replicate, the ones that were not too damaged. Were they regenerating? It's hard to tell. Scope, you're currently the weakest link. Can you go on? Scope shot her a dirty look and stood up. With a flourish, she drew out her pistols and came to attention next to Bull. With a flourish, she drew out her pistols and came to attention next to Bull. She was still squinting. Just tell me which blurry thing to shoot. Bulwark motioned them forward. Let's go. Acrobat hesitated. Sir, we've lost tactical. Scope's vision is in question, and Genie's got no clue what's ahead. Are you sure that's wise? Bull shone his flashlight down the hall. Son, what we have are some notes on what may very well be the key to handling everything the Kriegs can dish out. But it might not. 
around that corner is a cache of stuff in question, or better yet, prototypes. We get our hands on those, and the boys back in the lab might be able to piece together enough data to crack open a Creed Death Trooper and take him down in seconds. That's not worth it to you. Yes, sir. Then what say we head down there and finish this? You've been listening to the